0: Welcome to the old-school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 630 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. I am Craig. I am a compulsive overeater. I am a hundred pounder. For all those who wish to please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdoms know the difference. We are here every Tuesday and open to all who struggle with food each week. Our meeting will feature an 18 minute speaker. I love that not 15, not 20, followed by three minute pitches. Our one hour meeting will be followed by a 30 minute newcomer meeting. All live announcements must be submitted to the secretary before the meeting, but in the interest of time, we limit announcements to those who cannot be found on an OA website. To avoid Zoom bombing, please identify your Zoom account with a name, not iPhone and use video if possible. Once the speaker begins, we will disable chat, enabling it again after the speaker finishes. Please chat your birthday or any pressing matter directly to one of the co secretaries. Here's the preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues, thank God. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to help others abstain through the 12 steps. Here is the OA-approved definition of abstinence, quote, the act of refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors while working toward or maintaining a healthy body weight. Is there anyone here for the first, second, or third time? If so, please unmute yourself and tell us your first name only so that we may welcome you. Mark, can they unmute themselves? At the moment? Yes. Great. Anybody new? Okay. If you are and you're hiding... I so relate. I welcome. Uh, we do have a hand up? we had one. Oh thank you Alana. Hi, my name is Alana and I'm a newcomer. Uh, welcome Alana. please keep coming back. I was told I'm very Natasha, simply- and I'm a
1: newcomer this is my
0: day 14th. Yay. who else? It's fantastic. I was told to just go to another meeting. Welcome to all, please keep coming back. Our newcomer contact will put their name and number in the chat so you may reach out for questions. Please add your name and number to the chat so that they may contact you as well. Again, our newcomer meeting will begin right after this one. Um, Holly, would you like to read how it works please from the big book?
1: Sure compulsive overeater, how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves oh, to the simple program. Um, sorry. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those too who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we can find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with food, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now." Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Many of us exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the compulsive overeater, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were compulsive overeaters and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our compulsive overeating. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Thank you.
0: Thank you, sister. Okay, it says leader now shares. Um, It is now time for me to tell you what I was like, what happened, what I'm like now including how and why I stay abstinent today. (sighs) I am Craig. I am a compulsive overeater. I am a hundred pounder. I am um, pretty blown away right in this moment, looking at all the faces. So many who I've known since the day I started, I'm really, um, I got to do a little scan here. Because I keep looking and going that one and 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 that one. one." It's like there are people here who, you know, I knew you when I had brown hair. I still have hair. Um, I knew you when I was in my late 20s. I'm now 59. Um, I'm very humbled. I'm extremely humbled. So I got here in 1988. I was 199 pounds and I knew I would never get to 200. <clears throat> and I was fine. Everything was great. Everything was terrific. Life was great. Everything's fine. Everything's blah blah, 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 blah. And I went to a therapist and she said, um, name three things you want to change in your life. This was within the first like 20 minutes of um, our session. And I want to talk, I jump around a lot, get used to it, because that's just what I do. Um, In that session, it was me, a one-way mirror, and a classroom watching. For me, that was some higher power going, dude, you need some help. Because I don't know if I'd be willing, I'm willing to do anything now uh, to stay alive, to stay abstinent. Comma, alive, abstinent slash alive. I'm willing to do anything. So she said, name three things you want to change in your life. I said, I want a career. I want a job. You know, I want a job. I want a relationship and I want to lose weight. Now I was 199 pounds and I thought I was fat. And she said, here is a meeting schedule of Overeaters Anonymous. This is how I live my life. You may want to give it a try and continue to talk. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me about that. And she said, I suggest you go to a meeting. She said, all I will say is my husband is a sober alcoholic. He did with alcohol what I did with food. He's sober and I'm abstinent. And I went to a meeting. It was either that night or the next night. And um, so all these strangers were watching me. I was the guinea pig. So I started at 199. I got to 167. And I talk about the numbers and I talk about food. Because this is Overeaters Anonymous. For me, my, my drug is food. I have many specific within the, within the parameters of food. I've used alcohol. I've used, you name it, I've used it, but not like I have food. Not like I have food. So I had 11 years of abstinence. And I called my sponsor at the time and I said, I cannot believe this. I'm just about to put on a pair of 34 jeans. He said, be grateful because you never know how long that's going to last. That son of a gun was right. And I went out and I went out two or three times. And eventually I came back in 2009 at 272 pounds. So welcome to the newcomers. This is a progressive disease. It says it never gets better. It always gets worse. I am. A, I'm proof of that. So what it was like. When I was new, uh, people would say, what step are you on? I'd say, oh, I don't know. How many people be sponsoring? I don't know, I don't know. How's your sponsor? I don't know. I think I have a spot. I was, I, I did the best I could. I did the best I could. Um, I'm just, whew, there's a lot of people. We're still here. There's a lot of abstinence in this, in this room. It's, it's very overwhelming. There are not a lot of men in Overeaters anonymous who have 12 years of, of, ab, of back-to-back abstinence. There just aren't. It, it, what I have found is it just doesn't exist. I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky. And um, I don't know. I feel like jumping to 2009. Um, you know, I told you I jump around. So here goes. Um, I'm sponsoring two new guys now. And how I sponsor them is I say, give me a call for 30 days. But tell me about the steps and tell me about the food and. T- If somebody can call me consistently for 30 days, I think they're willing to do it. And if they're not, they're not. It's pretty freaking simple. I can't force this down anyone's throat. I had to be, I had to find my own way. I had to get to almost 300 pounds. So I was at a meeting last night and there was a newcomer and I called him. And I, he lives near here. And I said, you know, He said, what about literature? What do you think? I said, well, Sunday morning, there's a meeting at 730. Whoa, that's too early for me. And what I said to him was, I had to be really desperate.
1: 13 minutes left.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, I had to be really, 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 really really desperate. And I understand saying it's too early. Well, now if somebody needs me at three o'clock in the morning, you better freaking call me. Cause I'll call you, if I'm going to eat, believe me, I'll call you. Um, those people who I know. So in 2009, I owned a business making money. Everything was great. Everything looked great. Um, in 2009, I pulled in this driveway in a Mazda Miata at pushing 300. Hang on one second. Marvin. All right. There we go. I pulled into this driveway in a Mazda Miata at almost 300 pounds. And I knew I was dying physically, emotionally and spiritually. I knew it. It was a higher power. It was a flashlight. It was a light. I don't know what the hell it was. I knew it. And this is this is only my story. I uh, picked up the phone. And I called someone who I knew was a nutritionist. I had been seeing him for chiropractic. And I said, Laura, I need to see Ron first thing in the morning. I need to see him. I went in, he told me what to eat. He is still my nutritionist. And for a month, I ate what he told me to eat. And because I was eating so much crap and so much, I started losing weight very fast. Well, that's what I want. And then I woke up about three weeks later and thought, dude, if you don't get back to Overeaters Anonymous, you're going to put it all back on. And I walked into a meeting and I walked up to the scariest man in the room. And I said, would you sponsor me? He said, great, let's talk about your food. And I told him about the nutritionist. I showed him what I was eating. He's great. It wasn't your plan. Sounds great. I didn't quite know what he meant then. It wasn't your plan, right? Because I know everything and I knew everything up to 272 pounds. So eventually my business got worse. I had to sell my little sports car close my business. You know, this, this, this disease really took over my life. It didn't just take, it says we're powerless over food. Our lives are unmanageable. It doesn't say my eating was unmanageable. It said my life was unmanageable and I still believe it is unmanageable without working this program and without connecting with all of you and without connecting with a higher power, whatever that higher power may be. So I started working the program and, um, Ups and downs in life, you know, um, and I'm not eating over it, right? I don't eat over it no matter what. And try control, try controlling a cat. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, my life today is nothing like it used to be, and it's really funny because um, I had a really, really crappy day yesterday. It had nothing to do with the day. It had nothing to do with my workmate. It had nothing to do with the job. It had nothing to do with with me. I'm an addict. So I left. I live on a cul-de-sac. And I left first thing in the morning. It's a short cul-de-sac. Some guy barrels down my street like he's going to go somewhere. What did I do? Instead of letting him go, I honked. He honked. That was my entire ride. I was an SOB the whole day. I was not nice. Today, same drivers, same workmate. Same work. It was raining, which I love. Fabulous day. Fabulous day. I changed my attitude. I was of service. I prayed. I meditated. I went to my meeting this morning. I was of service this morning. And but here's the thing. In light of my lousy day yesterday, I still didn't eat over it. Why didn't I eat over it? Did my writing, I did my reading, I did my outreach calls. I was of service at work. I was hired. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of God in my life. Sometimes I realize it more than others. Um, my job that I'm at today is the best job I've had in my life. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. And that's not to show off. That's to say I'm working my ass off and I love what I do. Why do I say that? My job, I started 2020, 2020, uh, uh, March 12, 2020. Three days later, we went home for six months. I work hard. I don't eat through it. I have sponsees. I have a sponsor who I speak with uh, on. We have a set uh, once a week, but we pretty much speak every day. I speak with my sponsees. I read the book. I'm currently uh, doing another fourth step. I'm doing the columns and um, I'm on column two. And um, I just keep working the steps. Um, you know, to say I work this program perfectly is a joke because I'm not Buddha. I'm not God. I do it to the best of my ability. To say I stick to my bottom line abstinence perfectly, if you want to use that word, yeah, it's perfect. I don't break my bottom line abstinence. I have a black and white abstinence. I have a sober food plan. I'm part of a group of men, and we have sober sober eating plan. Eight um, minutes left. Pardon me?
1: Eight minutes left.
0: Oh, wow. it's a long time. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, to talk about being of service. Um, I sit in the Saffronetto Valley board vice chair and, um, I've been a delegate, I take meeting positions, as I said, I'm a sponsor. I don't like to be of service. I don't like to help other, I want to do it for me, right? It's. I'm a, I'm a selfish guy. The book tells me I'm a selfish guy. The book, the book also tells me that my brain is different, and I always used to hate that, but now I kind of like it because my brain is different. I can go to you all and give you a wackadoodle idea, and you can give me the right idea. When I can do that same thing to you, but we can't do it for ourselves. I, I don't quite understand it, but it makes sense. Um. This program is my life, and um, I work it really hard. I work it really diligently. I'm committed to this program. I have friends from this program from day one. I have new friends from this program. My um, sponsor does things that nobody else knows. I had a female sponsor for four years, four or five years. It was fantastic. Then she fired me which was pretty funny i thought how dare she it wasn't working out it wasn't working out now i have a man who has five years of abstinence and i have 12 years and it's the biggest gift because when i say to him in 1992 in program and he'll say 12 14 21 what day is it today how much abstinence do you have today what is going on today and I don't like that. I'm a drama queen. I want to go back. It was better then. It was worse then. It was raining. It was. Set. What is going on today? And how are we not going to eat over it today? And of a, a very, very dear friend in program, when a newcomer talks about you know next Wednesday at three o'clock, he'll say, "What are you doing between breakfast and, and lunch?" Yeah, but for dinner, he goes back to, "What are you doing from now for breakfast to lunch?" Um, one of the one of the hints I was given years ago, I'll use the word hint. One of the hints I was given years ago is when I'm really out of sorts and I have a tough time focusing, setting my alarm on the hour. When that alarm goes off, it's a little HP. It's a little reminder if there's a higher power out there, it's not me. And I do that at work. I do that in social situations. Nobody else needs to know what it is. It can be a vibrate. Um, there is, um, about a year ago, I was going through a real, uh, fight with myself. I wasn't fighting anybody else. What is God? Who is God? And Gil P who's still around back East. He might even be on the slide. I don't know. He was my sponsor years ago. We're walking in Roxbury park when Serenity Sunday was in the old building. And thank you very much. I prefer the old building. Put it back for me. Um, we're walking in the park and I said, um, you know, I need to know what God is. He said, you know what? If you could touch, feel, smell, or see God, you wouldn't need faith. And, um, I asked my sponsor, as I said, it was about a year ago and I was really having a tough time dealing with God and higher power. And he said, I said, what do you do? He goes, do you want to know what I do? He never pushes things. I says, do you want to know what I do? He said, yeah. He goes, I go to the beach, I go to the water's edge and I look out and I try to block a wave." And I'm like, yeah, that's simple. He's like, that's my point. That's my point. It doesn't say keep it difficult. It tells us to keep it simple. Um, If I am powerless over food and my life is unmanageable, who am I to make up my food? Who am I to decide how I'm going to work this program? I ask others who have gone before me. And in this case, in my specific case with my sponsor, he didn't go before me. He happens to have five years. I have 11 years. He has what I want. Not physical only. Yeah, he's maintaining a big weight loss, but he has a beautiful life, and I want that. And it's through the steps, and it's through meetings, and it's through service that I changed my life completely, completely, 100%. I was trying to tell this newcomer on the phone tonight how my life has changed completely, and it was like speaking Farsi, and I don't speak Farsi, right? How the hell is he supposed to understand how my life has completely changed? He's been to one meeting, but I told him I said we are here for you. There's a lot of people here for you, and you know I cannot keep this unless I give it away. Three minutes it, left. Thank you so much. It doesn't say I may keep it. It doesn't say I ought to keep it. But, you know the big book is is written with some very very specific words, and I take it to heart. I love the book. I read the book, and if if you're having problems with the fact that it says you know he. he and you wanted to say she fine an s if you if you're having a problem with alcohol cut out most of it and you're going to put a little co in the middle of the word that you call that compulsive overeater you know the, it's raining it's snowing it's windy i will eat for any reason i'm having a great day i'm having a bad day i'm going to eat there's always an excuse i was talking to a, um, a fellow on my way home My wife brought cookies home, so of course I wanted them. I said, well, of course you wanted them. You didn't reach out. If we don't use the program, if I don't use the program, I'm going to eat. There's no question. I've proven it. I've proven it too many times. So, you know, what I want to say today is I hope I've made some semblance of sense. I feel kind of all over the place. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully, dear God, I've helped one person at least. And, um, I'm just, I'm just loving this meeting. It's so cool. And, um, very grateful to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be of service.